I am so excited to share this guest with you today. She is so amazing at what she does and her energy is infectious. So I'm really excited to share her with you today also because I pretty much have pinned every single pin in her Pinterest. So there's that. Courtney, how are you doing today? That's the best little intro ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm all up in your, your Pinterest, so you better watch out. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So go ahead and start off by just shooting a couple details about you and your business. Yeah. So my name is Courtney. I run a business called the rule breakers club. And what I do for the most part is I work with entrepreneurs in packaging and selling what they do online. So I work with entrepreneurs who are creating services and I help them to package their services and book those out. And then one of my favorite things to do is uh, really help entrepreneurs to write great sales pages and other copy to launch and sell their online products and programs. Cause I know that's something that can be really like people would rather stab themselves in the eye with a rusty fork than write a sales page most of the time. And I make it fun. So I feel like it's a a real gift that I can share with my fellow entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yeah, it it truly is a gift because here's the thing. Nobody, well, what's funny is I have a journalism degree and I'm in systems. So there's that, but I like, nobody tells you how much writing you have to do in business. Like you're not only writing sales pages, you're writing emails, you're writing a Facebook post, you're writing who knows what else you're writing. It's like, Holy cannoli. Like I totally loved your rusty fork, uh, <laughs> picture. Cause I'm like picturing it and that's so true. Um, yeah. so like she said, we're going to dive into how to write a sales page and we're really going to focus on basically the seven must haves when writing your sales page. So get your notepads ready, your iPads, your whiteboards, wherever you do your writing, because this is going to be a big note-taking episode. So Courtney, let's first kind of talk about um, describing your business or really maybe your sales page before you implement these seven must haves. Yeah. So several years ago, I was writing sales pages for clients and I was also writing other kinds of copy for my clients. And what I was doing before I really developed a system for doing this is I was hemorrhaging creative energy. Like I was so inefficient with my time and anyone who does creative work. And especially as you just mentioned as entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter if you consider yourself creative or not you basically are at least spending 50% of your time writing, whether it's like a blog post or an email or a sales page or social media content. I mean, it is, it is, it's shocking how much writing there is to do, um, which is where I figured out, wow, I can really help people with that. Now I started helping people with that. So not only was I doing all that copy for my own business, but I was doing it for my clients too. And that is exhausting. I mean, I I realized I was being so inefficient with my energy and that I couldn't take on as many clients as I wanted because I was pouring way too much into each project and I was making like pennies on the hour doing so. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the whole reinventing the wheel every single time you do the task and oh, writing's creative, right? So I can't systematize my creative work, which is (laughs) such a fake, such BS, right? Like you can systematize and should systematize all creative things that you do. Cause what that allows you to do is actually be creative where you need to be creative and stop being creative where you do not need to be creative and you end up creating so much better work. Right. Yes. Yes. 110%. And it is funny how 
people think that, you know, systems stifle your creativity when actually it is the foundation to allow you to have more space for that creativity. So I love that you kind of touched on that piece um, somewhat. So then what finally drove you to put this process in place and be like, all right, like I'm over having to figure this out every single time? Yeah. So one thing I did is I read the book, The E-Myth Revisited, oh, which girl. I was like, this is probably like, I'm making you fall in love with me right now by saying that. Yep. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I'm actually rereading this book right now. So it's so interesting. You asked this question because I haven't read it in a few years. And oh, when I read this yeah. book, I was convulsing with just ahas. Like I couldn't, it was like, I couldn't handle all, how many aha moments I was having because I was in this space of reinventing the wheel for every single client and being exhausted and not, and feeling like I couldn't do everything that I needed to do. So I realized, okay, I've got to systematize this. I've got to create something that's going to make this easier for me. Um, and I started to notice that there were similarities in how I was doing things. So I think, you know, in the beginning, when you're first getting started, it's really hard to systematize something because you don't really know how it's going to go. But with a little bit of time, you start to notice the patterns of, Oh, Every time I write a sales page, I, you know, there's a lot of similarities. So I went back and started looking at the sales pages I had written. Um, and I kind of thought, okay, if I was going to write a sales page now, how do I approach that? So sort of like, like having almost like watching myself from above versus being in it being like, okay, what am I doing? If I had to document this, how would I document it? And I honestly, I think I spent a couple of weeks just being curious about that as I developed uh, my sales page framework, which includes uh, the seven things that we're going to talk about. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. The juicy stuff. Walk us through the steps one through seven to create um, the most epic sales page we can all just ever desire. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It will be so epic. Okay. So there's a couple of things going on here. The first thing is that you have to have, apart from the seven things you need on your sales page, you also need to have a proper writing process, which is really important. Mm-hmm. And the writing process is going to apply to anything that you write and you can make it faster and faster as you get used to it. Uh, but yep. you essentially want to follow these steps as you write. And so I'm just going to go over this really briefly because I think a big issue people have is when they go to write some copy is they open up a blank Google doc and that cursor is just blinking at them and they think they're just mm-hmm. going to start writing a sales page like that. Worst thing. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Okay. So what do you do first? The first thing you need to do is you need to step away from the computer because when you're on the computer, you're typing and typing is not accessing the creative part of your brain. Uh, it's, you can't, type in the same way that you think. So the first thing you need to do is a brain dump. And that brain dump, it could be a mind map, it could be a free write, uh, it could be anything, just kind of jotting down your ideas. It could be a voice recording. I obviously like to talk. So a lot of times what I do is I do a voice recording of what I want to say, and then I get it transcribed over at rev.com. And then voila, yeah, I've got my whole thing I already written up for me. So anyone who really hates writing, that's a great thing to do. Um, the second thing that you want to do is outline. So once you've gotten everything sort of uh, dumped onto the paper or dumped somewhere, you want to start looking at it and thinking, okay, what order do I want to put this in? When we get to the seven parts of your sales page, that's what that's going to be is the outline of your sales page. After you have an outline, it's a good time to go do some more research and think, okay, where am I missing information. Like where are there some gaps? If I need to have a section that talks about like all the benefits of my offer, 
and I can't think of the benefits of my offer, that's somewhere where I'm definitely going to need to do some quote unquote research. Um, the next step would be drafting. So taking that that outline and then turning it into complete sentences, just taking all those bullet points that you have and just the information that you organize really roughly in fragments and it doesn't really make sense. And you're just going to make it all flow together as what I like to call your shitty first draft. And that's really important because yep. a lot of people try to get to a point here where they're like, okay, I'm ready to write the final sales page. No, you're not. <laughs> SFD, shitty first draft is the first thing you yep. need to do. And if it doesn't suck, you are leaping ahead way too fast. So it better suck. <laughs> yes. Um, once you've written that draft, then you get to go through and revise. And when you revise any piece of copy you're writing, you are going to be reorganizing it. You're going to say, okay, maybe this section actually better up here. Maybe this paragraph needs to get cut out. You are not editing for grammar and spelling and the perfect language here. That is not in the revision process. Revision process is much more big picture. It's, you know, am I really saying all the things I want to say? And is it flowing well? And is it making sense? And once you've done that, you, and you can revise, you know, an unlimited amount of times. And once you feel like you've really gotten things done there, then you can go through and do some editing. So that's when you get to polish mm. things up and, and check your grammar and spelling and make sure that you're using the words that you want to use and just really give that detailed overview. And then finally, after you've done that, then you're going to go ahead and publish that page. Now with a sales page, it's a little bit more of a process, right? Cause you probably right. are going to get that designed and put on a website. Uh, but for an email, you're really just going to go and plug that email into your, um, whatever service you use. So that process works for literally every piece of copy that you'll ever create, uh, which is why I think it's so helpful for people who tend to get stuck when they're writing. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that. It's just, listen, your first draft is going to be terrible and just be okay with it. Like, it should be. right. Like it's not, I don't know if any writer ever is just like, writing never hits bas backspace and just like flows and it's like done it's magical i'm a genius the end you know it's there is that editing process that is there is um the back and forth you know making sure that things are said the way you want them to be said or doing your research and stuff like that um and one thing i would uh, have a question about is when you're doing your research for the sales page specifically and you find kind of copy nuggets um, from Facebook groups or past clients or whatever else, um, do you suggest, um, I don't know what I would call it, but maybe like copifying them or do you keep <laughs> them in their original form because those, that's like the direct language of your ideal client or whatever? Yeah. Okay. So that's such a good question. What I always tell people to do is create like a, uh, like a swipe copy vault in their, like a folder and a document where you literally just paste things that you find people saying that your target market is saying online. So you can do this before you write your sales page too. You should be doing it at all times. When right, you see right. so anyone say anything ever that you're like, oh my God, that's, that's the language that people are using. Because what we do as entrepreneurs is we're experts and we have a way of talking about the problem, but we're talking about it from an expert point of view, which is not the language that the person who is having the problem is using. And even if you used to have the problem and now you don't, you have what's now called the curse of knowledge. And what that basically means is when we learn how to do something, we totally forget exactly what it was like to not know that thing. So you do need to be 
listening to the language people are using. Now, if you're finding like generalities, like I would absolutely copy that language. You don't want to like copy some like paragraph that somebody wrote. Like that's like might be a little bit much, but try to find the nuggets that are really hitting at um, the emotional pain points or desires, frustrations, whatever you think is really resonating with people. That's the stuff you want to use. And you can always reformat it and restructure it. You just want to make sure that it doesn't lose the essence that makes it stand out in the first place. Yeah. Okay. That's super, super helpful. Cause I think, yeah, my like gut is always to like change those things and copy them. But sometimes I found like that, that keeping the words directly from the mouth of the babes, uh, Mm -hmm. actually connects better because that's, legit what Absolutely. they're saying um, and they'll be like how yeah. did you how did you know I was thinking that and yeah. then you're like because you said it and <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time I get this all the time how did you get inside of my head how did you read my mind well you told me this and I just said it back to you <laughs> it's funny um, how that works <laughs> yeah it totally works um it makes people feel heard because you're saying it the same way that they did um so how about we dive into these seven must-haves yes. for your sales page awesome okay Perfect. so The first thing, the most important thing of any sales page is the opening. Uh, The first 20% of your sales page is going to be where 80% of people decide whether or not they want to keep reading or not and whether or not they're interested in what you have to say. So opening a sales page in a really powerful way that connects with the exact person you want to talk to is essential. So that's great. Easier said than done. Courtney, how do I do that? So what I do is I teach something called the rainbow of sales. And if you ever, you know, as a kid used to draw or saw someone else draw like that little picture of like a rainbow and then on one end of the rainbow was a cloud and on the other end of the rainbow was a pot of gold. Well, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I used to, you know, have it on all my like Lisa Frank Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Grow back right to the nineties. Yep. So what happens here is that the cloud in the rainbow of sales, it represents where your target client, where your reader, the person landing on your sales page is right now. Like this is their frustrations. This is the stuff that's not going the way they want. It's really the problem that you're going to solve. And that's the cloud. And then on the other side of the rainbow is the pot of gold, which I'm sure you can guess represents the opposite. It's their desire. It's their pot of gold. It represents the exact result that they want to get and the result that you're promising with your, your program or your service or whatever you're selling. And then the rainbow is the bridge between those two places. That's your offer. It's the thing you're selling. So the goal of your offer is to literally take someone by the hand and walk them from cloud over to the gold. And then they're like, yay, I have everything that I want. You're so wonderful. And then they give you a testimonial. So what do we do on your sales page? Well, you've got to pick which one you want to start with. You can either start with the, the, the cloud or you can start with the gold. It honestly doesn't matter, except I would pick the one that you think is the most compelling. So for some offers, the pain point, the frustration is the most compelling thing. It's the thing that is occupying the target client's mind more than anything. And then for some offers, the pot of gold might be the more compelling thing. They're less concerned about the pain and more concerned about like, I really want this very specific result. Both are going to be important. Just pick the one you want to start with. Mm. And you're going to open your sales page with a headline that literally says either the greatest frustration, like, do you struggle with X, right? Um, can you resonate with this? Have you ever felt why that will resonate with either that cloud or that gold? Mm, I love that because again, with 
Um, you know, I used to do some content development back in the day, like three years ago. Um, and it was always so interesting to have really direct languaging is always the best way to go. Like if you're trying to be cutesy, like, especially with your headline, it's like, I'm confused. We don't have time for this. Absolutely. Um, Your headlines should be the most clear thing on your sales page. And every section needs to have a really compelling headline. I know uh, Marie Forleo says this, and I just steal it from her because I think it's the greatest way of stating this is uh, clarity over cleverness. Always, 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 always. Yep. Totally agree. All right. What's next? Okay. The next thing you're going to do is the opposite. So whatever one you picked for the opening, the next section of your page is going to hit the other side of things. So if you started with like, do you, are you really frustrated that your business isn't making any money yet? And then you kind of go into that, like maybe you've been at it for a long time. You just, you kind of elaborate on that in the first section. Then you go into imagine what it would be like to have insert desired result here. Um, so imagine what it would be like to have a perfectly written sales page that you did yourself. That would be something I could say if I was selling my sales page kit or, um, imagine what it would be like to have a business that's attracting clients every single month. So that would attract people to another course that I have. So whatever the result, the end goal is that pot of gold, that's the headline that you want to go with next. So you're really, what you're doing is you're showing them the juxtaposition between, Hey, here's where you are right now. And this is where you want to be. And what that's showing the reader is like, you understand me, you get it. You understand my frustration and you understand what I want. I'm, I'm in now. I'm going to keep reading. So once you've done that, then you're going to introduce your rainbow. You're going to introduce your offer. So this is where you say, um, I want to introduce you to insert offer here. And you just give like a little brief, like elevator pitch of your offer because what people forget to do on their sales pages often is to like, tell them what the offer is. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. It's not okay. So obvious, right? But I think it's because we're so in our own world and we know our offer so well, we forget that nobody who's reading the page knows that. So you have to give a little elevator pitch. So if it's a course, say it's a six week course, that's going to teach you how to X, Y, and Z, and just literally come out and tell them exactly what um, the thing is that you're selling. And that's the rainbow section of your sales page. Are you with me so far? Yep. I'm there. And I'm loving this rainbow situation because it's just like, I'm a visual learner. And so it, everything is just like piecing together. So lovely. So I know that you probably already have gotten like, this makes sense, but in case you needed extra validation, it still makes sense. (laughs) And what I'm doing is I'm using tricks that actually, when you have images attached to things, you are more likely to remember them. So for me to create images, for you, it's more likely that you're going to remember the sales page formula than forget it later. And it makes it a little bit more fun, right? Like than me just being like, do this, do that. All right. So the next thing you're going to do is now that you've introduced your offer is you've got to paint a picture of what the experience is going to be like from start to finish. And the icon I use, I have a whole sales page framework where I have like a little icon for every section. Um, and there's 14 in total. We're going to get to the seven most important today, but there's uh, another seven that you can add in there just to really make sure that people are going to buy it. But this, this painting a picture, the little icon I have is like the painter's palette, right? You've got to really show people what is this? So Mm. if it's a coaching experience that's divided into three months, then tell me like month one is this, and this is what we're going to do. Month two is this, and this is what we're going to do. If it's a course, you can say, you know, 
this course is broken out into six modules. Here's what we're gonna do in each module. Each, each week you're gonna get a workbook, you're gonna get a live call. This is where you have to give people all of the details of what's included in your offer. And again, a lot of people really shy away from doing this because they think it's so obvious. And right. you have a whole sales page selling something and you never really tell people what the thing is. You're constantly overcoming their objections, but mm. they don't even know what they're buying. Yeah, that I, I think it it's it's one of those things where it is so obvious that it's just like, well, it is like I said the title and I said the tagline. Like that's it's like no, especially I'm a fact finder in the Colby system. Um, if you're familiar with it, which basically mm -hmm. means that I need all of the answers. Like I'm the annoying person for everybody <laughs> that asks every single question ever. Like. How long is it going to take me to implement? What tools will I need to buy? How much are those tools? Like, when will I need to buy them? Should I have them before the class or after? I'm that annoying person. And so it's, it's been something that I, it comes naturally to me to answer all those questions in the sales page because I know I'm the person that reads those really long sales pages that people think people don't read. No, I read them. Yeah. 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 I read them. I read every single point. <laughs> What you're, what, what everyone listening needs to understand is that you all have customers like that. Cause I'm not, yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I scan it and I'm like, I want it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Um, so you have to understand you have, what's great is we're on both ends of the spectrum. And what everyone yeah. listening needs to know is that you have people reading your page that are on both ends of the spectrum. Yep. So if you write a sales page, that's all in 12 point font and full of details, you're going to lose someone like me in two seconds flat. And if you have a sales page that is not giving enough information, you're going to lose someone like Jordan. So yeah. you've got to make sure that you've got bold headlines that are breaking things up for each section. You're using bullet points. Uh, you're visually making it easy to read, but that all the information is there and never be afraid to be repetitive. Yes, totally agree. All right. What's next? Okay. So the next thing we're going to do, we've now introduced the offer and we want to tell them what it's going to cost. The price is the place where people get really freaked out. And the thing is yep. like, if you have a great sales page, you don't have to worry about it because the sales page is justifying the price. So yep. it's really simple. Honestly, you can have a pricing chart. If that applies to you, you can do the whole, like, here's what's included versus like what it costs. You can do all that kind of stuff. I don't do that kind of stuff personally for my own uh, products. What I just do is say the investment for this is X. <laughs> that's literally all you do. <laughs> wow. That's so fascinating. Why do you so do that? Easy. Yeah. Because it doesn't, the whole sales page is selling the price. So what a lot of people end up doing is when they introduce the price, they start all getting like justifying and it makes them look really desperate. Like this is the price of like 17 lattes per week or something. And it's like, okay, now you start to make it look like you're a little bit desperate for people. When you state the price, just period, this is what it costs. You actually earn people's respect a lot more. Wow. That is a good little nugget. I'm going to take it that one with me. Little, yeah, it's really helpful. <laughs> so you stated the price, easy peasy. Don't even worry about it. That's what the rest of the page is for, to justify the price. Right. Um, the next thing you need to do is you need to give me my call to action. Uh, again, really obvious piece, but this needs to stand out. This is your button. <laughs> this is the button. And you want to make sure it says something that is really exciting to the person and makes sense for what it is. So enroll now grab my spot, get my copy, uh, schedule a complimentary call, whatever that next step is for them. You want to have a nice clear button that stands out from the rest of the page. Uh, and it's really obvious that that's where they need to click in order to take the next step to purchase what it is that you have to offer. 
Mm, do you have I, a suggestion on how many times the button should be on the page? Oh, it's one of my like number one questions I get. So yeah. it really depends on how long your page is. But if you follow my formula, I normally have my button three to four times. Gotcha. So I'll, I'll insert it sometimes at the very top. We'll put one up that like, you already know you want to enroll, click here. Cause sometimes people, they've been thinking about it and they've already been to the sales page, but then when they finally decide they get to the page, they don't want to have to like scroll to find the first button. So we put one at the top. Uh, then we'll put one at the place I'm telling you. And then what we'll do is we'll wait like a couple more sections and then we'll put another one and then we'll put one towards the bottom of the page as well. Gotcha. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. You don't want people to have to like scroll around too much, but you also don't want to be like shouting at them. So now we have the call to action and the next thing that we need to have. So how many do you have here? One, two, three, four, five, six. Our seventh thing yes. is going to be, uh, your scarcity element. So mm. If you have an offer that's available all the time, you're not going to have a, necessarily a, a scarcity element, but if you're in a promotion, you want to make sure that whatever that reason is, why do I need to buy this now that that is on the page? So maybe you have expiring bonuses. Maybe your cart is closing soon. Maybe your price is going up. Maybe you have a limited number of spots available for whatever it is that you're offering. And that's the section where you need to say, you know, enroll now because X, Y, and Z. And you might even want to add like a little countdown timer there to really draw the attention to the fact that something is ending at some point. Mm, yeah, no, that's super, super crucial. I love that. Yeah. Those are seven really good must haves. And I think that for people who may have already written some, um, sales pages, I think honestly, this will help shape them better and have like really, it tells a story. It's very much the rainbow situation and it's float. Like I've seen a lot of sales pages that seem really choppy, but how you've described these seven must haves, it like, it tells the story throughout and it just flows really, really nicely. So, um, so guys definitely check out Courtney and everything. Like I said, you go to my Pinterest and it's like half Courtney. Um, and so she's got some awesome, awesome tools. And if you want to find out the rest of the seven, again, go to her page, um, which we'll be mentioning in a hot second, but I'm going to tell, or I'm going to ask, uh, the final few questions. So what was your best financial investment in business? This is such a good question. Actually, I had to sit and think about this because I've had so many good investments, yep. uh, but I will say, I think the one that really, um, really just propelled me to a new level was that when I was fairly new to business, my business wasn't making a ton of money at all. Um, like arguably not even a full-time income. Yeah. I invested in a high end mastermind. Hmm. And what this did was it got me to surround myself with people who were at a level completely above me and to be yeah. in a peer group with them. And when it went at first, our first few mastermind meetings, I felt so out of place. And I will say even at the end, I still felt like I was the weakest link in the group. <laughs> but what it did was it gave me connections. It gave me opportunities. Um, it forced me to just reset my mindset to see, oh, this is what other people are doing. And then slowly that started to become normal to me. So yeah. if you want to throw yourself into a new level, I say like, do whatever you got to do to hang out with people at that level, because at first it will be terrifying. And then it will start to feel normal. Yeah, I so agree. I've always loved being in groups of people who were way ahead of me in different areas or had different expertise and stuff like that. So I love that because I think 
if you stay in your realm or even hang out with people in a, in a lower realm than you and not in like a hierarchically, hierarchy elitist sort of way, um, but just, you know, revenues or just like their specific mindsets, then it's going to be really hard for you to grow. And so I am totally on that same wavelength of making sure that the rooms I'm in, like I'm usually in the lower tier of people. Absolutely. Oh, I think it's the best thing you can do is you want to be the small fish in the big pond, not the big fish in the small pond. Yep. hundred percent. And then lastly, what was your worst financial investment in business? Okay. Another great question, which I don't think I've ever really considered because I was like, um, I think that, and this is a learning process, right? So I'm not like hard on myself about this, but I went through a few hires in terms of like virtual assistants and other people we've brought on that I, what I re- learned about myself through this is I tend to make a lot of assumptions that people mm. act like I do and they respect deadlines like I do. And they understand the quality that I'm expecting a little bit more than, uh, I should have been assuming, which is totally my fault. And so just learning to really vet the people I bring onto my team um, and I hire for help is something that I'm still learning, but is definitely, uh, I've learned from making some hiring mistakes. Yeah. Hiring, when you make a, a bad hiring mistake, it can, it can sting a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's> for sure. <laughs> uh, we've all made those. Um, and I would consider myself a pretty good hirer, um, if that's a word. <laughs> That's a good word. Um, yeah, hire. Uh, so, um, but we all, you know, miss things or again assume all that good stuff. So, or all that terrible stuff, really. Um, so, anyway, Courtney, where can people find you online? Give websites, give social media, all the places. Awesome. So you can find me at RuleBreakersClub.com, and actually, I have a full hour free training on the entire sales page framework. So if you want to like dive in. It's just, if you go to rulebreakersclub.com, it's right. There's like a bright pink bar on the page with a button and you can sign up at any time to uh, go through that workshop and get the full framework. Um, in terms of social media, I think the best places to find me are Instagram at courtboard Inc. Um, and then on my YouTube channel, which you can find through my website or uh, Instagram as well. Yes. Perfect. Go check her out people. This is not a drill. Thank you so much, Courtney, for being on the podcast. It's been so fun. And I know that people are going to find awesome, awesome nuggets to make their sales page. Sales pages really convert. Thank you for having me, Jordan. It was a blast.